I'm Trent Alexander-Arnold. I'm Curtis Jones. I am Cody Gagbo. Putting on the Liverpool top for the first time, it was a dream come true and I'll never forget that moment. The new LFC 24-25 season Nike home kit is out now. Buy it today along with our new goalkeeper kit and training range at your official LFC stores. Online at liverpoolfc.com forward slash store and on the official LFC store app. You will never walk alone. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Is it time for a new heating and cooling system? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services and Carrier today and get 0% financing for 18 months on a new heating and cooling system. Get the comfort you deserve from Griffith Energy Services and Carrier. Visit griffithenergyservices.com today for this and other exclusive offers. That's griffithenergyservices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Don't go dependable. Time to fire up the grill. Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers. Ooh, I love their beer cooler. <laughs> you love their prices even more. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Hello, good evening and welcome to the Match Build-Up Show from the LFC Day Trippers. I'm your host, Keith, and tonight I'm joined by three familiar faces around these parts. I'm joined by Chris, I'm joined by Paul, and I'm joined by Gar. Lads, how are we all? How are we feeling? Buoyant, I hope, and excited for tomorrow night. We'll start with you, Chris. How are you? I'm good, mate. What's happening tomorrow? Uh, Coronation Street, it's coming to, <laughs> oh, uh, it's coming to a head with Leanne and Nick. I haven't a clue, mate. I haven't seen that one in a while. I think you might, but I've just recycled recycle that every year. <laughs> ah, yeah, it's worth the throw out, you know what I mean? It's worth the guess. <laughs> but um, now, look, it's it's the big one tomorrow night, lads. It's um, it's an uphill uphill task, but you know, how are we feeling, Chris? Are you confident? Uh, I'm not confident. I'm looking forward to it, though. Champions League nights are always fun. Uh, I can't be asked for the doom and gloom, though, uh, that I've seen going around. Look, we were shitting the first game. We were looking to get away with 3-1. But, yeah, you know, 2-0 is not insurmountable. It's very difficult, but it's not insurmountable. You know, we've, do, we've done worse. So, you know, head on. See how, see, how it, see how it goes. What's the point of writing off before it starts? Yeah, exactly. What about you, Paul? How are you feeling? Quite sort of calm, to be honest. Um, when I reflect on it, I actually feel oddly similar to before the Barcelona game. Mm. Like at Anfield a couple of years ago, um, yeah, just just very kind of calm and, and expectant. I suppose you could say quietly confident, knowing that we've gone into it and like as as Bracky says, like you know we've we've done worse. We are we've we've overcome a lot worse odds, and you know it's just going to be interesting to see how the strange dynamic of this season is going to play out, which I'm sure we're going to get into. 
Indeed, indeed. And what about you, Guy? Do you feel that it's, uh, the lads are quietly confident that it's a muscle memory thing maybe that we've we've been here before and we've overcome it? Would you be sort of feeling the same? Too many times, haven't we? I think yeah. it's just this season, the way it's gone, that's the unpredictability of, of everything about it. Like, you don't know what's coming around the corner. The first half of the last game, like, you know, couldn't get any worse than that, really. Um, I'm sure we're going to go into it anyway. But yeah, it's... it's uh, to me, the, I suppose the thing I, I cling on to is that this season has been so unpredictable. Listen, uh, a lot's been said and made of our home form, etc. But listen, Anfield on the European night, and I know the crowd aren't there. It's it's uh, it's it's still going to put them on a back burner a bit, hopefully. Um, and, and we'll go into teams and stuff in a second. But now, yeah, I'll be quite, look, the lads will be quietly confident. Yeah. Indeed, Luke just going said. off unpredictability. Yeah, it's a, it's a touch of the unknown. Paul, can you not round up a crew and get down to Anfield full of drink and, <laughs> and get off a few fireworks and a few flares and all and, and sort of at well, least make the noise from outside? Well, funny you say that. I've just found out Real Madrid is staying in the Titanic Hotel just outside town tonight. So I'm going to round the crew up and go and stand outside <laughs> yeah. the hotel, let some fireworks <laughs> off at three in the morning, hopefully. Yeah, that old chestnut. I do. I'm a big fan of all that sort of carry on. I'm not going to lie. I figured out how we can, uh, you know, pull the fire alarm at three in the morning and get them all outside. Like, yeah, it'd be nice. Yeah, you'd still get shams looking for autographs off them. But look, if that actually happens, are they going to come looking for me now? I've said that on a live disclaimer. Podcast, so just, yeah, you know, you might just put it out there. Like that's nothing to do with me. Like. <laughs> I don't know. Could be an honest yeah. sign that stay in the Titanic. Could go them going down now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Real, Real hit an iceberg. I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind it. <laughs> but anyway, we go into the game tomorrow, lads. Well, we know, right? Three one defeat. We were meldy in that first game, but three one. 3 one's better than 2 nil. Do you know what I mean? Like you get that away mm. goal, it mm. gives you it gives you something. Obviously, it's it, it's a big it's a big ask. And the reason it's a big ask is because of the maybe the deficiencies in our team, right? More than anything else, you know, like do we have the personnel to keep a clean sheet? Can we keep their um attacking players who gave us the run around in the first game? Can we keep them quiet? Can we keep them over? But Real have problems of their own, you know. They've got uh, issues at the back. They had issues at the back in the last game, and you'd never have known because of the way we played. But it's even more the injury news for them now. So, look, we, we'll hopefully we'll, we'll see a bit more uh, action from the Reds than we did in the first game. But um, uh, we, we'll have a look at how we think Liverpool are going to line up. And Chris, I'll start with you. We've got. Um, what way do you think we're going to shape up into this game tomorrow night? What, what do you think we'll? What way do you think we'll go, and what would you like to see? I think he'll stick with four three three. Although there's part of things I quite like four four two three three one just to go for it a bit more. But I suppose because he only needs two goals, I think Klopp is naturally a little bit more conservative. So the one thing, the two things that won't surprise is I think Klopp likes to throw a curveball in, uh, and it wouldn't surprise me if you see someone like a Shakiri start randomly and then he keeps on like a Jota or a Manny back on the bench and as much as it'll piss people off it wouldn't surprise if he throws Fabinho back at centre-back last two games when he's gone 4-2-3-1 he's gone Kapakur off and he throws Fabinho centre-back and then goes a, two, a two-man pivot he seems to like that assurance of, of uh, Fabinho at centre-back so they're the two people will say shocks but they're the, they're the options he may try I would, I would suggest 
very interested you said that because it's something we do want to come on to later on in the show. But um, Paul, do you think it's um, an easy team selection for us tomorrow or do you think it's, you know, will you be expecting a few surprises? I mean, yeah, I, th- I can see exactly where Bracky's coming from. I mean, especially given like previous. I mean, obviously, when you, the, the the major touch point is going to be the Barcelona game, but we we obviously had enforced injuries and suspensions and stuff for that game, so we we kind of had our hand forced. But you know, I can definitely see Thiago starting, uh, especially after the absolute horror show Naby Keita put in in the first game. Um, to be honest with you, after that, I'd be surprised if you see him in a red shirt again after that. To be honest with you, it was it was an absolute disgrace of a performance in the first half. Um, and again, like <clears throat> I know what, what what Chris is saying about Klopp being quite sort of conservative. But in that first game, that midfield three is statistically the worst one that we can go with in any circumstance. So don't think you'll see that again. Um, I can see where, where Chris is coming from in terms of Fabinho, but I think he will stay in midfield because he just gives us that solidity. So I can see the midfield mix is going to be absolutely critical for this. So I definitely think it's going to be Fabinho and and Thiago. And I actually wouldn't be surprised if we get uh, something like a James Milner in there because we need that experience and we need a talker. We're very low on talkers in the team at the moment, you know, where, you know, when everyone's fit, you've got Jordan, you've got Van Dyke, you know, there's no sort of vocal leadership in there if you haven't got someone like Milner at the moment. So I wouldn't be surprised if you saw Milner and then either the usual front three or Mane still starting from the bench and then Jota getting the start for me. Yeah, um, Gar, it's the midfield in the fourth game. We we all know we just didn't get near their midfield. We gave players like Tony Cruz and Luka Modric um, too much Ours. time on the ball. You know Ours, what I mean? Yeah. And and that they're lads that are they're getting on in years. Um, they can spray balls all over the place. Do you know what I mean? What you can't afford to do. And Paul touched on Abby Kade had a shocker in that game, and look, he did have a shocker. It's it does no point in trying to. Uh, you know, cover that up. He, he was awful and he would have been in there to give us that bit of energy. What way do you see the midfield lining up tomorrow? Do you know what, Keith? After the first game, I didn't know how, how Milner didn't start. Um, you're looking for someone to put a foot in. You're looking for someone um, who's going to give you loads of energy. You're looking for someone to cover that right side. I think Keita's average position in that game was obviously to cover you know, to give Trent a bit of support on that side, who in turn ended up having a bit of a nightmare because he's no link up, uh, no link man. As as you know, Keith from coaching, you always, you know, we always have a link man near you, whether it's your centre half to your right full, your right full to your right winger. You've always got some sort of link, and he had that link didn't work that day. Hence, the first half being dire, that side being easily attacked. Um, because Keita doesn't help uh, Trent out, in my opinion. And it's, it was crying out for a minute at the start because he done so well in the game previous. And again, the weekend he comes in and he's putting the foot in. Them last-minute tackles, you, you, people like Kroos and Modric won't, won't want that. Yeah. They, they won't want they, Listen, they're out of years, right? But they won't want it in, in a game of intensity. Um, these boys just want to play like like over 35 players in, 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 in a five-side pitch, just knock a ball around. And as we saw, he gets the chance to ping two balls and he kills us with them straight out. Um, yeah. I, I, I'd, be, I'd be 100% with Paul on it. Uh, you put Miller in, you start Fabinho, and uh, Thiago comes in. 
in my opinion. I think I think I think Genie looks jaded, lads, to be honest with you. He was quite good the weekend at times, but I, I just think he looks burned out, whether his head's gone elsewhere or um he's just jaded because in fairness to him, he's put some shift in, lads, um through through all these games. He has yeah, played three really he has played three hundred games, don't he? Yeah, 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 some shift, yeah. You know, it's but you can see that the lads that are putting in them shifts are looking like they're hitting walls. Robbo was mm. sort of going through the same yeah. sort of thing as well. It's it's we're putting so much onto them that it's bound to you know Mane, Firmino. They they just play too many games mm. over the years, and to be honest, a lot of that's down to Klopp. In fairness, like he doesn't rotate enough, but there's no point in getting on to Klopp about it now. You know what I mean? It is what it is, but. Something that I'm going to come back to, Chris. Something that you touched on there, Chris, was the the idea of playing Fabinho at the back. I'd be I'd be probably surprised if he done it, and in some ways I wouldn't because I just think they're going to target the right hand side of our defense yeah. with Phillips and uh, Trent. And if you put Fabinho in there, it takes away from the midfield, but you could put Genie into the midfield. Do you know what I mean? Whereas it does not much you know it's if it's not going well at the if we start Phillips and uh Kabak and it's not going well you could always just post drop drop him in but you don't want to to waste the change on that do you honestly think it's a, a thing that he can do is to start Fabinho back there or do you just think he goes with the center backs at center back he'll probably go with center backs that are center backs but um it, I, I've got this feeling in my head that he might he might just try it because I think three games running for the last 15 minutes when he flicks to that more attacking yeah. formation, he likes him there. And I think he wants to know because he reads the game better and he needs a calm head not to panic. The only surprise is that he's been taking Kabak off instead of Phillips. That's mm. probably the only surprise because I think Kabak's probably better on the ball. Phillips, we know he is what he is. He's dominant in the air. He's got better mm. at his passing. But, you know, it's like watching a fridge turn. You know, that's just... You know that's just the way he's built. He can't help. He can't help that. Uh, the only other random one I've seen, uh, I think it's Dan Jay mentioned it was, but if you want a left field option, is Ox. Can he repeat the Atletico performance that he did last year? Which I thought you were talking about centre back there. I was going to no, say no, 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 no. Show. no but for, but for, for, for a midfield show or the false nine situation. Now I don't think he'll do it because he's he's basically. I think the reason Klopp's not rotated is half the lads he doesn't trust anymore. Mm. I don't think he trusts uh, Cater or Ox's bodies. I don't think it's an ability thing. I think a lot of these players now is going, I can't trust the bodies anymore. And I think yeah. that's why he's, I think he's dying for the summer so he can revamp it with players that he can actually trust to stay fit. Yeah, it's a good point about the trust, Paul, isn't it? And we touched on Naby Keita's performance in the in the first game. You know, the, the criticism of Naby Keita is is really all down to his um the injury record and and maybe not being physically physically up to the task. And you know, he, he people would say it's harsh to criticize him because he's he's not getting the game time and then he gets put in and, and he he stinks the place out. But you do expect more from a, a player like him. And, and it's the frustrating thing about Naby, isn't it? That you know what he can do. You know what he's all about. And then he doesn't do it. it it's so infuriating. And 
Hey guys, it's Mike. As you know, I adopted my pup Rocky from a local rescue. Now, when people ask me what kind of dog Rocky was, I was always stumped. I used an Embark dog DNA test to decode my most puzzling questions about Rocky. You can also learn about your dog's inner secrets with Embark, the highest rated dog DNA test. Unlock over 350 breeds and screen for over 200 genetic health risks. Save $50 on a breed and health kit with promo code KIT at EmbarkVet.com. Again, that's promo code KIT. The same with Ox. You want players that are just going to be able to go in there and give you 100% week after week. And that's where Genius supposed has flourished. No, totally. I mean, he really is an enigma wrapped up in a mystery case, mm. considering how much we paid for him. You know, obviously, anyone can go on YouTube and look at the condensed clips of somebody's best bits. <laughs> but... Honestly, like, you know, I don't, I, I, my, my thing with Keitha is that I don't think we actually did him any favors because we bigged him up so much on the way in. And it was reminiscent of like, remember when Lucas Leiva signed that he was supposed to be this mega box to box midfielder? Yeah, gold and then, and exactly, yeah. And then it turns out that he turned like the Titanic as well. You know, it, it was one of those. And, Honestly, the, the thing I go back, like, if you think about it, Nabi Keita's death warrant was signed the day they got Steven Gerrard to give him the number eight shirt. It's like, if you could turn, if you get in a, in a DeLorean and go back to Keita's signing day, you would stop that from happening because it's like, we are setting you up to fail from yeah. minute one here. <laughs> like, seriously, like, don't do it, kid. Don't do it. Like, take another number because it's, There's a, it's you, scales, you never... 27 for you. <laughs> Exactly. 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 Do you know what I mean? I think Keita is like he's our version of Pompa. Yeah. If you if you you speak to United fans, they have the same split. Some love him, some hate him. Some say he's enigma. Some say he's brilliant. We have the same situation. The difference is actually Pompa plays. That's the the big difference. And and Nabi Keita uses far less hair dye, but we won't go there. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For me, with with Keita though, it's like as you say, it's it's trust issue. You know, he's just never been able to get any momentum going. I've way more sympathy for Alex Oxley Chamberlain because on his day, he is so essential to us, and he provides so much impact. But there's a number of them in the squad that are, you know, quite frankly, like made of biscuits, as some of my friends say. Like, you know, you've got Matip in there, you've got Keita, you've got Oxlade-Chamberlain, and it's like that really damages squad depth and then creates an exhaustion situation for the players that you can rely on, like Genie, because they're doing the job of like three or four squad players, basically. Yeah, it's it's a it's a crazy situation, and there's more players like that. You know, <clears throat> um, Shakiri's another one who's meant to be backing up the front front three, and and he goes missing with injuries. You know, but it's it's just one of them things. I suppose we we're at the stage now where we can well limited when who we can put out there with uh, mm. Curtis Jones's injuries as well. Isn't Curtis is missing now as well? Isn't he? Uh, how long is anyone know how long he's out for? I don't know, but he's another good example of like, okay, how old is he? 19, 20? Like, you know, he's doing like a job in the squad that his body is arguably not possible. You know, it's not capable of doing at the moment. Like, so, and again, like those, those players who can't get consistently fit, like really, really suffer because of that. You know, the whole squad suffers because of that. And when you talk about Shakiri, I totally agree. And when you said backing up the front, I thought you were talking about his hair transplant for the second, Nicky. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, 
the hair transplants haven't been coined to us at all, like because Mane has come back like I don't know, <laughs> coming back like what was his George Way's cousin Ali He's playing like Ali Dia now since he got his hair transplant. Just wait till Keith gets his. The pods are going to go downhill. That's then. why I'm not getting them, Chris. That's why I've put it off. Don't I'm do it, Keith. Don't do no. it. No, I wouldn't because it'd end up like Wayne Rooney. Didn't he? Played look worse after his one, but look, oh, can't, it get is what it is. can't you get an afro? A big, yeah, I just think it suits it. Yeah, or get the, they'll go full Garbrain and get an L Jack Reelish deal. But let go haircuts, good idea. I'm all right with the I'm all right with the baldiness. That's that's fine with me. I've learned to live or I've accepted it. I went around like Donald Trump for a few years before I accepted being bald, you know, with the little Bobby Child and <laughs> with the, the, weave, with the weave, the see through <laughs> hair. I had that for a good world, and this has made a good laugh of me on that. But you know, you live and learn by young or naive, these things happen. Mate, anyway. I can't talk about that at all, mate, because, like, literally until I got to the barbers for the first time in six months yesterday, I was walking oh, around yeah. looking like Gary Oldman in the fifth element. <laughs> Jesus, yeah, I forgot you are all uh, opened up over there, which is which is brilliant, you know, fair play. Hope you're enjoying yourselves, lads, uh, making the most of it. We're no. still in uh, lockdown over here, Gar, aren't we? And we're yeah. <laughs> going to be there for the foreseeable. Yeah. But, um, look, back to the game, lads. So, the the midfield options, I suppose, when we think about it, we've got Genie, we've got Fabinho, we've Thiago. Naby is an option. Kate um, Oxlade-Chamberlain is an option. It's hard to see what way he goes. I think he'll just go Thiago, Wijnaldum and Fabinho myself. I think it's just going to be that sort of Milner. I forgot about Milner. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be Thiago, Jota, Thiago, Fabinho and Wijnaldum in this. He'll go with the ones he trusts, I think, that'll... Um, Detroit and tested. But then again, Thiago's been out for a few games. Um up top. Up top will be interesting. Um Gar, I'll come to you. What do you think he does up with the front three? It just felt sorry for a man. I the last the two big chances he's had at the end of games, he's just fluffed badly, hasn't he? Yeah. Um I'm gonna be honest, I think I think Man sits it out. Um, I think he starts Salah, Jota and uh, Firmino. Firmino didn't look too bad the other day. Mm. Should have had a goal, let's be honest. Um, which one has done his confidence to wall the goal, but he wasn't bad in France in his general play. I thought he played well. Um, I think he goes with them three up front, kick just to uh, just to expose him a bit with, with Jota's movement and Salah's movement a bit. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Uh, Paul, what about yourself? How do you think he shapes up at the front? I totally agree with Gar. You know, I think, as I mentioned after the, the Villa game on Saturday, you know, that statistic of Mane only scoring like three goals in like 23 league games this season is pretty damning. So mm. I think you'll want to go in with people who look a bit lively and are showing a bit of momentum. And, you know, Bobby, I think that was his best game for us at a long time on Saturday, you know, as an individual performance, you know, the touch was there, that little bit of flair, you know, mm. he was picking balls out the sky, you know, you could tell he really fancied it. And I, I actually thought him and Jota combined really nicely. Uh, so, you know, we obviously we've been getting into this whole narrative this season of like, well, you know, Jota's here and Bobby's place is under threat. And it's like, but it turns out it's actually not. And the two of them, when they play together, actually look pretty good. So I can see, obviously, Salah's just, you know, pretty much first name on the team sheet in these kind of situations. So I think Jota, because I think the, you know, going back to the Milner situation, we want someone to really lead the press. We really need to get at these very, very quickly mm. and properly rattle the cages. And to have someone as, as hot as Diogo in front of goal 
in those early stages is going to be absolutely, you know, it's going to be absolutely critical. So Bobby, Jota and Mo for me. I was actually surprised, lads, that uh, Bobby didn't start the first game considering how they were going to play with the two of them because he would have been the one to drop in and and, and cause them a bit of a headache, you know, because he was mm-hmm. going to nip in. And, and that's what he does. That's what his role has been for, for that setup for, for a long time now. And it was just so surprising the way he didn't start in that game because he would have been the one to drop back and, you know, give them two a bit, a bit of a nightmare and not give them time on the ball. Yeah. It's very true, you know. It's very true. You need to uh, unsettle these tomorrow, um, and that's where I want to go to next. So Real are coming into this game, and I think we probably, you know, the front three will probably be the same as the last time. It'll be mm. Benzema playing through the middle with Vinicius on one side, and and possibly Asensio on the other. The midfield three will be the same, even though they were talking about Cruz having a late fitness test. He'll be fine tomorrow. So it's going to be Casemiro, Cruz and Modric. But at the back is where they have a problem. Now, Militao and Nacho played in their slippers last week and fucking smoking cigars. We made them look better than they are. They're good players, but they look like world beaters and we let them look like that. One of their... Uh, Ferla Mendy was very good at left back and yeah. a player that I never really liked was Lucas Vasquez and I thought he was excellent at right back again wasn't overly tested but he was causing us all sorts and he was being a snidey little shit and I'm a, I'm a huge fan of that well he's out now and it's a out. big loss for him because out, out of the season isn't he yeah, he's a, a bad injury I yeah, think, I think he's on an ACL injury. or yeah. something yeah. or yeah. PCL he said he's PCL yeah so it's a bad one. So they're they're looking at bringing in Audrey Azola probably in at rifle. Um he doesn't get many games. He's a decent enough player. He was highly rated and he went and got him. They paid a lot of money for him. But it's another not a weakness, but it's you know, we're so worried about where they can attack us. But they're not their defense isn't the strongest. Do you know what I mean? Chris, would you would you think that their defense can be got at or is it just wishful thinking? We need our front lads to be you know, on the from the start, but it could definitely be gone at because uh, the only thing that gives you a little bit of hope is the uh, first fifteen minutes of the second half where we actually pressed them and went at them and try and you know forced the mistakes and got the goal and we then lost our way again. That was the issue. So I, the defense can can be got at, um, but I've got a feeling as much as people won't like it, I think Marnie's going to start. I think he's going to leave Jota on the bench as his um, break glass last thirty minute fella. Because yeah. I think I think he'd flick it the other way around as we saw against Villa. You know, when Manny came on, it's like he'd never seen a football before. He had one; of the, he just had one of those halves. You know, um, yeah. all players have had them, and I just think Manny may be one of those players. You probably better start him and bringing him off. Because uh, one thing with Manny is, although his final ball is crap at the moment, his work rate's what you need. And I think against a a right back who's not played too much, at least he might be able to win frees and at least might be able to cause some issues in that sense. And then you bring a Jotter on for the last half an hour, hopefully, to make it 4-1. Yeah, it's very true, very true. I mean, I agree with you. I think if you're looking to make an impact, Jota is the one who can make an impact if you're having to chase it, whereas Bobby traditionally has never really been a good sub. Yeah. PSG, I think, where after he hurt his eye that time at Anfield was the exception. Other And Stoke, a few years ago, mm. he comes on and scores him and Coutinho. But 
you know, he's not going to really be the one you're going to bring on. And Mane, I agree with you, has looked toothless when he's when he's been coming on recently. So maybe it is a case of bringing on Jota. But at the back, you know, for them, mm. Militao was a quick player. Nacho was a, a strong player. Paul, how do we, uh, you know, can you see us starting the game really putting the foot on the throat and going for them? Or do you think we'll phase our way into it and try to sort of match them up or is that like what they're all dangerous tactics? I think at the moment we're not in great, great shape, you know what I mean, to be pulling out a masterclass here. Well, how do you think we approach it with them? I think honestly, we've got nothing to lose. So I expect us to go absolutely like a bat out of hell from kickoff against them. Because mm. I think what they need to do is really get in amongst them, really get the cage rattled. And again, like, as you mentioned in the first game, like we just sat off and just like gave Tony Cruz, like, you know, the keys to the, to, you know, to the city, basically. Whereas, you know, in this game, it's like, we've got to bypass that. That's why that midfield mix is just so crucial because that's going to allow us to play yeah. the game a bit further up the pitch, cut the, cut the pitch in half, get the ball back in their half or in their final third and then we can start putting pressure on these kind of unfancied centre backs and, and the fullback. Yeah. So it's it's absolutely critical that we start at an incredible pace and we keep it up. So I kind of agree with Chris on that where you know Mane will give you that work rate and give you that like, you know, he he'll be the first pressing trigger a lot of the time that he he, he tends to be as well with Bobby. And again, I think Bobby's going to be crucial to tomorrow because of what he does going forward, but also because of the shift that he'll put in. He'll drop back into midfield. He'll become that extra man to deny the likes of Cruz and Modric space, as well as like, you know, form that fulcrum up front as well. So that's the way that it's got to be for us. And again, the added benefit of that, it'll take hopefully some of the stress off the centre backs as well. And it'll make, again, like, you know, Fabinho's work a lot easier. Thiago will have a bit more space to breathe. We've just got to take that, you know, five or ten yard step further up the pitch. So I heard from my sister's friend's cousin that Kohl's has the lowest prices of the season and had to see for myself. For real, the deals are so good. I got my kids summer tees for $5.99, a cute swimsuit for myself for $17.99, and a shark vacuum for $199.99, which will be great after Sandy Beach Days. I got Kohl's cash too, and I got it all in less than an hour with free store pickup. So yeah, summer, I'm ready for you. Select styles ends May 23rd. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details. And really go for it with the counter pressed and get that on point. Because if we if we get that on point, there's going to be opportunities there. Indeed, indeed, Gar. You know, as Paul has touched on the sort of press and the intensity from the from the start. Do you see us going in like that, or do you see a different um, side of the club? One of the lads said earlier he's a bit more maybe pragmatic than he than he sort of has been. Um, do you think he he goes into this one too no, cautious? I think, or no, I think these games. We've, I think we've always seen it. We've always come out as you know, look hellraisers. Yeah. We've we've wanted to go at it. We need to do okay. We can't we can't be pragmatic here. Let's be honest. Because if we go into that attitude, we we could start off like we did in that other leg. 
Yeah. Um, you know that safe, cautious, and then you've got two players playing bad, and the, and that just spreads through a side. Look at disease; it happens. We, we've seen it happen week in, week out. Where where a lot of sides, uh, I think we go. I think we get straight at it. I think the players who are put in will be players to drive that intensity. Um, listen, I'd like to see Milner put in for that reason because I know he'll put the foot in, and I know he won't give them two guys in centre mid, Kraus and Modric, four hours on a ball. Look, they were going to get the last one. But listen, whatever, whoever goes in there, if Genie goes in, always energetic to be fair to him, um, even though he's running on blading extra extra field at the moment. Yeah. Uh, I think the intensity is hugely, hugely needed. That, that press, that everything is needed tomorrow night. I don't think he goes in pragmatically because if he does, goes in with that layer back attitude. I, th- I think it's, it could be a horror show. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Chris, something Gar touched on there was, you know, the Milner inclusion into the midfield uh, will give you that sort of leadership and that um, organisation, maybe at the expense of Genie. And could you see Genie being another impact sub? I'm not don't want to hark back to the, the Barcelona game too much, but... The different what time, it's a different yeah. sort of, you know, there's a crowd there to, to do it. But is Genie in the same bracket as Jota in that if you bring him on, you might get a bit more out of him than some of the other options in there? Yeah, I think that's probably, I think that's probably right. Uh, to be honest, I'm hoping he, he thinks that back to Barcelona and he gets pissed off again, that he was dropped. Because mm. uh, uh, it's very rare to see Genie pissed off. And when you do, it brings an extra level out of him. He, he turns into Holland Genie then, which is... Um, I'll be honest, that's probably what we need. We need him to play like he does for Holland. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the Milner shout's not not a bad bad shout. So my only concern with Milner is we've done this a couple of times in this season where we've played him two, three games in a row, uh, and then his hamstring pings just because yeah, he's 35. Zero, yeah. He's yeah. 35. You know, that's my only concern. It's not an ability thing. If he's, I mean, if Klopp says he's fit for an hour, I'd rather have an hour of Milner. And then you bring Genie on for the last half an hour to, you know, experience for experience to see it out. Um, the other reason, I know it's not popular, why Jota might stay on the bench is I thought in the first leg he looked a bit overawed by shit time in a Champions League quarterfinal. You know, and he hasn't shown that generally, but that did seem to be the first time I've looked at Jota and thought it just looked like the occasion got to him a little bit. I mean, look, it's his first year at Liverpool. He's never played. Yeah. I think he's played, what, Champions League for Porto when he was a kid. So... That's the reason why actually a bench thing might do him good, so we can watch the game and see what there's not to be afraid of, so he can see where he can impact them. Yeah, very true. Um, Paul, there's a lot of love coming in for Luka Modric in the chat from some of the lads. You know, we don't have to just deal with Luka Modric, unfortunately. They've got three midfield players in there who are going to be absolute pivotal to them. Um and I think it's key to us having a chance in this game is how we get about them in that middle of the park. But is there a, is there a case for, and I'm going to ask you this, Paul, is there a case for a, a Nabi Kate to go in there and nearly, you know, um, put the, the force leg to bed and, and exercise a ghost maybe of the force leg? No, genuinely, genuinely. Um. I thought you were my friend, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. I think that no, no is the honest answer. Um, because Wi-Fi is breaking up. I know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, going through a tunnel and sat in the house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, but no, no, I can't I can't see that at all because, yeah, there was so much naivety from a player that supposedly cost north of 40 million. Um, and I actually think, like, you know, upon reflection, I think it was a bit unfair to throw him in like that 
You know, he needs games. He needs to be played in. You know, if we if we if he had a run of two or three games and was showing a little bit of form, I could then understand bringing him in for the first leg. But honestly, like I just I can't I can't see it. And I'm I'm <laughs> and, and yes, definitely lay off the cans. I think somebody might be doing this deliberately, don't you? Listen. Yeah. It's uh, Naby's not getting a lot of love in the chat, but it's a genuine. Love. I'm being serious, like when I say it, because you know we've seen instances before where you know players have been really bad. Now I think he was atrocious. Lovren is one, and and you give them that chance, and you know they redeem themselves. You know what I mean? It's it's a psychological thing more than anything else. You know what I mean? Like it's go out there and can you? Don't make a balls of it like you did, or was it just that bad that Klopp is as a uh, you know as a man that he's very friendly, he's very jovial to the cameras, but we know he's a he's a laden hard taskmaster as well. And if if Naby's not the only to, to hook him on forty two minutes, like was pretty telling, you know what I mean? That he didn't even leave it till half time. Lads, lads, lads you know what you know, you know what was very very telling to me, the fact that he didn't make that pitch the weekend, and Friday towards the Friday Klopp did an interview uh, explaining. That he'd explained the substitution to him in the training session the two days after, I think it was. Yeah, it was the Friday when he'd done his press conference. He never even came on that Villa game. Shakiri came on in the game. And obviously, Thiago had come on a few minutes earlier, if, if I'm right in me thinking. That was a very, very, very telling uh, thing to me that maybe we may not see him much anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry, just to, just to finish off on that. You know, he's got the he's got the look key set of one of those really, really annoying players that will sell to somebody like Leicester, which is what the rumor <laughs> is at the minute. And he'll go to Leicester and he'll turn into N'Golo Kante. Yeah. And he'll just become an absolute worldie for somebody else. And for some reason, some mysterious reason, it just didn't work out here for, for him. Do you know what I mean? Um, finish, just just another another little point on on the whole situation with him. I actually thought at the time Klopp almost fell into the Pep Guardiola trap a little bit in that game, in the first game. I think he might have been a little bit guilty of maybe overthinking it a little bit yeah, yeah, and yeah. maybe being a bit too cute. Which, you know, it, like, thankfully, those type of situations with Jürgen are very, very, very few and far between. But when they come up, they tend to be significant. And it was definitely the case there. I often wonder as well, like, in the aftermath of the first game, how much playing at Real's training ground also, like, made a weird yeah. contribution yeah. to it. Because mm. it kind of, like, it let all the air out of it. It didn't really feel like a Champions League quarterfinal. It was a bit like watching Spurs play at Marine. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Friendly, it was a bit yeah. weird. Yeah. Yeah, it was a bit of a, a bit of a weird vibe, and I think Real kind of played to that a little bit. I think if the game was actually played at the Bernabeu, you know, I think it, it might have actually like woke us up a little bit more because it was like, right, we're in the Bernabeu. There might not be anybody yeah. there, but this is a big game because we're here. Yeah. Full of cage and a sense of cage. Yeah, he played the Bernabeu. Though. It's full of tractors and cones, so it would have made the game more interesting. Uh, <laughs> the culture, the culture is totally taken out again. Uh, yeah. play, playing at that stadium, in my opinion. The mm. thing uh, Free Will brought up was, um, you know, saying it's probably Klopp's fault. Is a massive risk to play Cater, but that's where my that's where my issue is with the likes of a Cater and Oxley Chamberlain. Is these are forty million pound players, and we're, yet we're going big game, bit of a risk to put him in. Mm. He shouldn't be. 
It shouldn't be, mm-hmm. you know, if you go, if you know, they should be able to apply themselves, even if you have been out of the game for a while. You know, Naby Keita's not a novice. He knows how to play. He knows how to play. We have seen him play well. You know, I, I expect a bit of rustiness, but I expect him to do his game. And he didn't do anything that's in his game. He wasn't the only one, in fairness. But, you know, yeah. as much as people say, oh, it's Klopp's fault, you know, it's, it's a big risk. There is a, then a question to look at someone like Naby Keita going, why are you seen as a big risk if, he's, if the ability's there? Yeah. I mean, he's a fifty-three million pound signing, isn't he? He's the third highest signing, is he in there? Yeah. If you throw on Jones him, and we said it's a big risk, go, well, yeah, it is. He's, he's a nineteen-year-old kid. You know that that would have then you would have accepted that's a risk. You know, but a fifty-three million pound player, like if he throws oxen, it should ox being thrown yeah. in should be seen as a risk, but it is. Yeah. True. I mean, it, it's an interesting one. Now, LL Lad has put up a comment there, lads. I think defensively we'll get found out. Trent and Phillips so it is a place of weakness. And we touched on that earlier. Um, and sort of leaning on the, the idea of Fabinho going back there. But on Trent, um, Gar, I'll come to you on this one. Trent, Trent was, was pretty bad in the first leg. He, he had a horror show. And maybe me redemption story, I was trying to push there about Kate. Maybe it's Trent who has the redemption story this time because me and uh, Paul are now done the the post game. None of you was on the the post game show, Jada Davis. Yeah, Pete's kids and his kids. And we spoke. You know, Trent didn't have the best game on on Saturday either, but he comes up with a ninety fourth minute worldy to win the game. Mm. You know, is that the the kick that Trent needs? Can you see something big from Trent tomorrow at home against Real with a point to prove? Is he the one that's going to be the sort of Phoenix from the Flames that can rise up from a poor performance at the Bernabeu Junior? Or do you think it's a worry, him and Phillips on that side? No, I think I think he'll be back on it tomorrow. I think the the, the redemption, the, the winner, the weekend helps his confidence massively. Um, if... If Milner does come in, or you know, we're not. I think Fabinho starts in the mid anyway, but we're looking to that right side, and Fabinho will cover that side naturally. If we are getting caught out a bit in fairness on that side, or if he's got milling down that side to to whip balls in, or or to you know to to verify our attacks, I think that whoever starts to that right side of that midfield tree is hugely important tomorrow. Whether it's Milner, whether it's Genie. I don't think Katie goes in. Uh, listen, we, we can argue all day the twos and fros and the the Twitter talk, etc. Um, it was probably naive to put him in the first place. Let's let's be one hundred percent honest about that. Whoever starts that side is integral to how he plays tomorrow night. Uh, in my opinion, um, I thought the weekend he was oh, he was better, a hell of a lot better than he was. Uh, but there was still a couple of mistakes, a couple of defensive uh, situations he done well in. To be fair, Keith, top Robbo was excellent the weekend actually, um, and certainly back on to who who was better form. But I think now I think it's it's hugely important whoever starts over to that right of that midfield tree to cover that to to assist him uh, on double ups etc. Or, or overlaps will will be the the biggest dictator of how he plays tomorrow. Yeah, Paul. I mean, the big issue is the pace that Madrid are going to play with. They're going to just look to spring Vinicius over the top all the mm. time. So if we look at the the possible, you know, Phillips on the right side of centre back and and Trent in there with whoever we put in front of, them, because the problem is we've no pace 
to play on that right-hand side of the midfield three. So whether it's Milner, whether it's Genie, they're not going to be able to, you know, really match any runs from Vinicius. So as uh, Mr. Coleman says there on the on the screen, Fabinho to sit in between Phillips and Kabak. Is that something that you think we could see is maybe, I know Klopp isn't going to probably change it and try and reinvent the wheel, but if Fabinho dropping deep and nearly splitting the centre-backs and pushing Trent maybe a little bit further up, so Trent is the one nearly covering on the right-hand side, or is that just asking for trouble, do you think? I think that is asking for trouble, to be honest with you. I think the shape tomorrow will be it'd be like a four two one three, basically, the way I'm reading it. I actually really like one of the shouts in the comments of At Capella University, education is as smart as the world around us. With the FlexPath format, you can take classes at your own pace, set your own deadlines, and even leverage your previous experience to move faster. Now that's smart. Learn more at capella.edu. Milner in that right central midfield mm. slot because he can do the dirty work for Trent and still get about and still be that that leadership voice and, and really get the press going. You know, one of the things that I can, as I said, I can totally see where Chris is coming from about putting like Fabinho at the back. If I'm being honest, if I'm Luka Modric or Tony Cruz tomorrow and I see Fabinho at the back, I breathe a huge sigh of relief because it's like we're going to get a bit more space here. Because yeah, yeah, if yeah. we've got that monster coming towards us, then we're we're in we're in for a shift basically, and we're going to have to be really really on it. I think that is a bit of a risk, you know. Obviously, then bypassing the midfield. If you look at the way, like you know, one of Vinicius's goals kind of came across, or his goal, it was literally just a big straight ball right over the yep. top. The the frustrating thing is that has been a problem for us all season, and we haven't addressed it. And that that's a big thing. Uh, you know, to be honest, I actually you know to, to sort of like address something slightly different. I think the only way that we play with Fabinho at the back is if we've got concerns about Allison and uh, the goalkeeper. Because, you know, I read something before, I think it was Cy Steers on Twitter or someone like that. Very rare that I read Twitter in general, but I saw him on, on before saying that actually the bit, the player who's missed Virgil the most this season is Allison. Yeah. Because he has so much trust in him that he can become that more instinctive keeper, where a lot of Allison's errors at the moment are coming from the fact that he's overthinking stuff because he hasn't got that absolute, you know, giant in front of him just sort of taking care of it all. And, you know, again, he can kind of, like you were saying, Keith, like put his slippers on a little bit and kind of relax a little. Um, so that would be the only situation where I think Klopp would go for it, but it seems to be a pretty big sacrifice. So I reckon it's going to be two, Thiago further up, and then it's going to be about, right, as we get past Real, we get it into Thiago, yeah. and then it's right, let's let's thread the ball through, let's get it out wide, let's get it to Bobby so he can kind of do his thing. I think that's going to be the through line. I'm glad you brought up Alison there. That was the next thing I wanted to talk about. So Chris will come to you. <laughs> Alisson has been brilliant for us. He's, he's been excellent, but he has made a lot of errors. He's been at fault at a lot of goals the weekend. He should have saved, I think, the third one against Real. He, he lets in too easily. Are you concerned about Alisson um, into this one? Or is it just a case of good keepers make mistakes and they get over it? Like Manuel Neuer constantly makes mistakes by, hmm. by doing mad things but just brushes her off, you know, was Alisson got big enough shoulders that he's gone through a shitty time personally, we know that this season, but should we worry about him or is it a case of just look, 
he is what he is. He's one of the top keepers in the world. We trust well, him. Yeah, it's because he doesn't like recruit anymore. That's why he's uh, he's dropped a bollock now. That's the pr- biggest problem. No, I just think he's having... He's one of those... Everyone has the odd bad season. I think he's just having one of those seasons. I mean, you know, this will get clipped off, I'm sure, but Edison makes plenty of similar errors. He just gets he gets away with them. We saw in the Dortmund game. He got away with an absolute yeah. howler. You know, if you get if you look in, you look in. I do agree the no Van Dyke thing. I think he's trying to overcompensate with no Van Dyke, as in trying to be the leader. So he's being more of a sweeper keeper, more over the top, like coming for stuff that he'd never come for. Because normally he knows Van Dyke gets it, and I think he's probably overcompensating, which I think is catching him out. So he probably needs a club, someone like Klopp or someone to just say and settle down a little bit. Uh, in terms of we talk about Trent before, um, I thought Trent did all right against Villa. I think on the ball he was. Yeah, there were definite issues. But defensively, I think match of the day highlights defensively. Mm-hmm. No one got past him. I think what, he missed one he missed one header. But to be fair, Chilwell missed one header uh, which which West uh, which uh, Chelsea conceded from. Yeah, so it's gonna happen, but Trezeguet didn't get it, didn't get anything. The only time Trezeguet got a shot off was when he actually played on Phillips and, did, and moved away from yeah. Trent. I think apart from Madrid, I actually think Trent for the last probably four or five games defensively has been all right. My issue with Trent's actually been when he's had the ball at his feet. Yeah, which you don't a, expect from him. You don't expect it. Actually, his strength actually been his problem at the moment. Defensively, I actually think he's got better and he took more responsibility. He's been a lot more. He's done a lot of sweeping, but around the centre backs. But so many times I've seen balls come in and he's sweeping behind Phillips, almost become the third centre back and spraying it out. Uh, the problem I had with him against Villa was he couldn't pass a ball two yards until until the ninety first minute when he remembered how to shoot, which was which is always handy. Exactly, but it's all psychological as well, you know, mm, Gary, yeah. isn't it? If you if you're you're stepping up to get a, a key winner in the ninety fourth minute in front of an albeit an empty cup, you know, it, it's gonna do your confidence the world of good. And I think and I'm kinda of hoping that that we see and it you know, as Chris was right there, you know, I I've been harsh on Trent because it was when I say he had a stinker at Villa it was with the ball it felt he just wasn't you know five yard passes down the line were just going out of play and it's like what are you doing do you know what I mean but mm. psychologically to come up with the goods like that it should hopefully have a burden on him going into this game shouldn't it it's especially Keith after uh, we've, we've heard all the shite about the England squad etc and the the press and uh, and the media really really went hard on it. The the Carragher Neville thing didn't help the situation either at the time. He goes and has a mare against Real, um, and and doesn't help the situation because they've all been arguing to and from. It, 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 I'm sure for the lads psychologically, like they guys won a Premiership, they guys won a Champions League for fuck's sake, like you know. Uh, being being raved about by most of Europe for for a couple of years as as the best rifle in Europe uh, and possibly the world at the time, um, so there's a lot of pressure on young shoulders, and we're seeing them deal with it slow, uh, at times. In, in fairness, when it's come up to him, and when it's been put up to him, he he's come back fighting. Let's be honest, you know he, he he had a good game before the Real game. The Real game comes, obviously the shit show happens. He got he goes and <laughs> he goes and scores the, the winner of the weekend. Look what, what that does. What that does for your confidence, lads. Um, and you can see it in the celebration. He's grabbing the Liverpool crest and he's he's swerving it around. Uh, you know. Listen, best of luck to the lad. Um, I'm not going to hammer him. He's still a kid by all, by all means. And, you know, there's enough of the media. And the typical of the English again, um, building people up and knocking the absolute shit out of them um, when something goes wrong. They're, they're, uh, I don't want to say this, but a fucking disgrace is 
they're they're at it all the time with young players. It's an absolute disgrace the way they carry on with young kids over there at times. Um, because many stars we've seen fall off the wayside because of media bullshit and past players absolutely hanging them out to dry uh, for yeah. simple mistakes that they never come back from. Very true, very true. Sorry, Before very emotional. On, sorry, sorry about that. No, that's all right. <laughs> we like a bit of emotion around here. Um, so you heard us. That's what it is, yeah. And I'm going to come back to that in a sec. But, um, Real Madrid, Indonesia puts in his Hala Madrid. He's putting about 15 of them. Look, more than welcome in here. Once you're respectful, your comments can come in. You know, we don't uh, automatically kick people out for supporting the rival teams. As I said, if you're respectful in here, the chat will look after you. And, uh, you know, we, we'll be good to you. So, uh Speaking of your haircut, Gar, you're right there. What you've what you've said, the the English media and and coaching, um, they they don't seem to trust players that don't fit into a fit into a mold or a, a narrative. And and Trent is coming in for at the moment, along with Jack Grealish, who seems to be the other player that's that they're speaking about, maybe not making the cut for the San- the Euros. Sancho's another one, yeah. Ridiculous. Sancho's another one, and look, Jesse Lingard is is being amazing. We've given it. Jesse Lingard stick. He, he he looked an absolute pile of shit when he was at Man U. But since he's gone to West Ham, he's had a new lease of life. So you can see why he's been spoken about as breaking his way into the team. But you have players like Grealish, and they, they've suffered it over the years. Matt Letizia, Glenn Hoddle, you know, these really sort of creative, non maybe traditional English players. They, they never really got the caps that they probably deserved. And Grealish is going to fall into that. And I think Trent is is the same. Um, we spoke on the, the post-match show after the Villa game where I'd said, is he a full, he's not a traditional fullback. Do you know what I mean? So Gareth Southgate, it doesn't have the imagination to, to, to do anything with a player like Trent. He'd rather have Reese James. He'd rather have Kyle Walker, Kieran yeah. Trippier. Yeah. Because they're more, you know, what you want out of a, a right back, they're more what he played with in his playing days. Do you know what I mean? And maybe that's yeah. a bit harsh on Gareth Southgate. People in the, the chat might think I'm being a bit harsh on Southgate, but I just don't think he, he has the I just don't think he has the minerals to, to be getting the best out of a player like Trent. And some will say that's damning on Trent because he, he should be able to just go in and play, you know, a standard right back. But you know, this kid is a talent. You touched on a guard, two, two Champions League finals. Two ninety-five plus Premier ninety-five point Premier League seasons mm. at the age of twenty-two. You know this and being a key player in those teams. You know it's yeah. it's absolutely astonishing what he's done and and to get him thrown to the wolves. It's it just seems a bit blatant, ridiculous. But the telling it is what it is. The telling Go thing ahead. was um, once Carragher and Neville stopped doing the banter bollocks between the two of them. Um, Neville let Neville let his mask slip about the issue with England and the issue with England is mentality because Carragher kept pointing at it, kept saying like, well, why are you worried about how we play? And he is Neville's first response was, I play for the most successful club in the world. We didn't worry about other things. So don't you worry about mentality? And then the very next sentence he goes, well, we're not going to have the ball. Uh, we need someone who's really defensively sound. You know, cause we've got to worry about the, the counter We've got to worry about what this is. Got to worry. And, so, and that's the problem with England. It's like, how do we stop everyone? Not, what can we do? Yeah. And this is probably England have got a crop of players who, you know, Grealish, Foden, uh, Mount, you know, who I've got a bit of stick to early in the season. Yeah, and, you know, really, he's, really put, he's, put on, egg, he? he's put egg in my face, which, yeah, you know, yeah. 
so be it. Won't be the first time I've got to play her wrong. <laughs> but um, you know, they're quite free spirited. You know, they can still be disciplined, but they've got that X factor. They've got a bit of flair. They've got something different about them. Sterling's got you know something different about him. But no, we've got to play now. It, it used to be the rigid four four two. Now, now we have to play a four three three or three five two. Well, why? You know, you build the squad around what players you have, and if you have these very talented players, think of ways of getting them in. So England have got four or five decent right backs. But Chris, the, his last tournament, he goes and it was he was so defensive. They scored, they yeah. scored penalties through the most. Um, he, he at his last international game, he plays two holding midfielders when he's got all that attacking midfield talent. What the hell are you at? He, like, you know, mm. it, it comes it, internationally. Your coach sets you up, right? He hasn't yeah. got you for many days. Your coach sets you up to do what you know. Listen, we have a different story over here. That's a that's another mm. four Ooh, hour podcast. Can we talk about that's, that? No, that's a four hour podcast <laughs> off. So, yeah. but that's <laughs> it, he's he's gone with the safe approach. He's playing two holding midfielders and, and and it showed in the last game because they, they, they were poor. You know, he, he's got mm. so much talent at his disposal and he doesn't use it right. If you put another coach in there who can work with these guys for four or five days or or the matter of a week and a half now because you've got three internationals at the moment, you, you get so much more out of them and, and you've got, you put a coach in who trusts young players. Let We know that Southgate has come through this, obviously this new English uh, process Bollocks. of, of, of youth teams and I know they've, they've done well in, in certain tournaments to be fair at youth levels. Um, but he didn't coach them at them, them levels. Yeah. No, there was there was different coaches. So the, the he, argument comes back is them coaches, them coaches were trusted. You know, even Ryan Brewster was was amazing at one of the tournaments. Now, listen, it is a U tournament, but he was trusted, and that's that's where it comes from. It comes from the coach. If your coach wants you to play defensively, you you he ain't showing you much trust. And players yeah. don't want to play under. Yeah. We're, no. we're thinking, right? Go on, go, go on, Chris. No, go, Chris. Sorry, the two holding midfielders. I'm all right with it if you're playing two centre-backs, two home midfielders. If you've got that solid base, then you throw in Luke Shaw, who's on fire. You throw in your attacking fullback in Trent, and then you play Harry Kane up the middle, and then you say, like, pick me three most informed attacking midfielders, which is probably the moment Mount uh, Grealish before he got injured in Sterling. And then you just say, I've got Jude Bellingham as a backup, I've got Sancho as a backup, and I'm just going to go, they're a front four plus me two fullbacks. I'm going to go at teams. And that'll scare the shit out of, cl- out of clubs. But they're so afraid of being caught out. Uh, it's untrue. Which is why I don't which is why I'm all right with two holders. Because I think next year we'll play with two holders. We'll play with yeah. a Fabino Tiago or a Fabino Henderson combo. But the fullbacks will fly on and we'll have a, fr- a four in front who will be given the freedom to interlink and do what they want. And it's not because they're all foreign lads, it's just what good players do. But we saw it with the 23 tournament. The under 23 tournament was a disgrace. All that yeah. talent in that side. And you've got the guy who was shit at Watford, who's a rigid four four two numpty. I have pen fed, that's a fact. I have pen fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's Power Cash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit penfed.org slash powercash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. And why someone like him is coaching the 23s is no bloody point. Paul, did well, you want to say something? Like, the point that I'd like to make. I did, yeah, I did, yeah. So ba- basically, like, you know, as Gar was saying, oh, you put a coach in there that knows what they're doing. 
you've got to understand the English FA. You've got to understand the structure mm. because they're playing the same type of football from the age group levels all the way up. And it's the same thing. And if you don't fit exactly what they want, you they are want out. Yep. It's institutionalized. And quite frankly, you could put Jeg and Klopp in there and it won't make any difference because it's a staid, outdated institution that plays staid, outdated football. And they hire managers in that image, which is why they end up with the likes of Southgate, AD Boothroyd, all that That's kind it. of thing. And they, you end up with just this absolute, just you know, sterile brand of football mm. that players like Trent and Grealish now, you know. And again, you add the press into that, and you know, like when Grealish was having his little hot moment, he was apparently Gaza, and now apparently he's not worth the shit on someone's shoe. And it's like you wonder why England don't do well in tournaments. It's because of that culture. Like, yeah. honestly, like I, I have hated the English national football team since about 1998. I think since about 30 seconds after Michael Owen scored that goal against Argentina, <laughs> I was done. I was just like, I, I, I really cannot, I can't describe how much I dislike this. And even before, I think the 2006 World Cup, I think we played Uruguay at Anfield in a warm-up game, mm. and I went and I was literally stood on the cop going. Get these people out of my stadium now. Yeah. Get these out of people my are morons that all support, like, you know, Gillingham. And I've got nothing better to do with their time than come to Anfield and go, go on, Crouchy, kick it in the goal. Yeah. And it's all of that. Like, and I just, I, I, I detest the England football team. I can't, I can't stand them. I don't care whether they win tournaments or not. I'll probably get slaughtered for this, but I yeah. genuinely don't care because there's just the toxicity about the whole thing. And Trent is getting the thick end of that at the minute. And I think it's incredibly unfair. Yeah. For all our, for all our followers that are England followers as well, we just like to say that we don't share the, uh, the opinion of uh, Mr. Paul Nolan <laughs> on that. Nah, it's, it's all his own. I'm only messing, I'm only messing. But yeah, dead Just, right. It is. It's Trent gets thrown under the bus, doesn't he? It's it's the easy, it's a scapegoating before the tournament. Usually it happens during the tournament, but they're getting in early on him. But listen, lads, back to the game tomorrow before we finish up. Um, how confident are we going into it? And give me a score prediction. Chris, I'll start with you. Oh, thanks for that. Uh... Well, I'll give you a moin. I think we're going to win 4 1. So. I know, I know. So I'm trying to, I can't copy. I'll go on for, for shits and giggles. Let's say 2 0, but we get the second goal in the last 10 minutes just to scare the shit out of ourselves because, you know, that's, oh, yeah. very, that's very Liverpool, isn't it? Hopefully it's a Phillips winner just to really piss everyone off. <laughs> that's that's the Gav Doyle show. Gav said if if they were 1-0 up into about 75 minutes, he'd be uh, on the edge of the sea looking forward to the final 15. Paul, what about yourself? I reckon, I, I reckon it's going to be similar to what Chris is saying. It's going to be 2-0 squeaky bum time and I'm just going to throw me shits and giggles prediction in here. The winner's going to be Nabby Keita tapping in the 90th minute. <laughs> <laughs> and then pulls his hamstring doing it. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ <laughs> you've got to laugh at this point I mean what else can you do <laughs> true 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 and Gar what about yourself how do you think it goes I want to go I want to go off west somewhere and say 3-1 but this ain't happening I'm going with the lads you know I'm going to be boring I'm going to sit in the fence with the lads yeah it's a 1-0 one 1-0 one going to a squeaky into a 2-0 and, and, and a scut the pants moments oh Jesus, lads, I'm not going to lie you. <laughs> Two nil, we're, we're keeping them out, are we? We're going to keep the clean sheet. We're going to play Divock centre-back. He's brilliant at stopping goals now. 
Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, that, that could we're be all, a plan, you know. <laughs> we're all masochists at the end of the day. On some yeah. level, we love the pain. It's worth it's it. Yeah. I just, I just don't think we have it really in us at the moment to to, to grind out a one nil to seventy five and then then go for it at the end. We didn't say so. we didn't say grind. It might be one nil and then a bit like the PSG games tonight. It's hitting the bar. It's at the post. We're you know, yeah. it's coming off someone's arse or going wide. I think it. I don't think it's grinding. It's got to be like seat of your pants. Shit, it's still one nil. How how is it still one nil? But do you not think, and before we finish up, that's been a problem at Anfield, especially where we're creating 25 chances and not taking them. Does that seep into the players the longer it goes no, no, on? I mean, that? No, no, I mean we're 1-0 up and then and then what, Madrid are... good chances? Mad, then, no, we're 1-0 up, then Madrid are pinging shots off the bar every two seconds ah. away or something. They're going, fucking hell, this is oh, good. That. <laughs> that's Look, the Liverpool way, isn't it? Chelsea, you know, five was uh, you know, yeah, was, uh, batting down the hatches yeah. type of yeah. job as well. So it, feel, it, it feels like it might be that sort of a game, which is yeah. horrible to watch. Oh. But look, lads, we take anything, wouldn't we, oh, just yeah. to get in there? And and if we can get over the line, we play Chelsea in the semi final. You know, it's I'm not saying it's Chelsea are a very good team, we're not in the best of form, but it's an incentive, it's something for the lads to, to look at and say, look, we can beat Chelsea. We get over this yeah. game, put yeah. it all into this game. And, you know, we, we shouldn't fear. I know Chelsea Chelsea beat us there recently. We're mm. better now than we were then. You might have it's, a Henson back for that as well. Yeah, you never know who you get yeah. back as well. Might make a difference. But it's it's giving you that sort of a carrot nearly to say, right, get this one done, put it all in into this game. And then we look at it after that. And hopefully we can... We can get get into you know into the mix then for a semi final place, but it's not going to be easy. Real Madrid are a good team. We've seen it in the first leg. They're a wily team. Zidane is a wily coach. He knows what he's doing. He doesn't get enough credit, in my opinion, as being a, a good coach because he's come back in there and you know he, he's doing okay. They're they're up. With Atletico are doing their best to throw away the La Liga and Real could sneak in there as well. So. You know, I think we're probably how guilty of underestimating them a bit, but I'm going for a four-one nonetheless. Four one for everything, because why wouldn't you? Because you know what else you in a for? Do you know what I mean? Absolute so, um, top red stuff. It uh, has to be done. The spirit of Andy Young will never be dead when uh, when I'm doing predictions here. So was any else you know, the, the the flag show last night, which yeah. was really interesting. Yeah. How has he not got FSG in and top red on his on his flag? I was shocked. I was waiting for those two things to be on his flag. They're he has the them back. already. I know, right? That's why I haven't seen them once yet. Yeah, he's waiting for uh, he's waiting for Anfield to open back up. He's going to un- unveil them all, cover the cop in them. Notions. Yeah, notions. That's it. <laughs> that he didn't want to. He didn't want to put too much on. It. He didn't want to cheapen his flag by putting too much stuff. Is he going to do a design where it's going to be like all the classic managers and then LeBron James at the end? Like? <laughs> no, I have to say his flag is the it's business. It's great. It's really it's good. It's yeah, it's absolute absolute quality. Um, it's the the work. If people are into it, get on and have a look. Um, handmade banners, I think, is the name of the the site. Handmade banners. uk. Absolute quality stuff. So, uh, yeah, get on, have a look at that show. But look, I've thrown in a mad prediction. I stand by it. I'll be putting me hand out to be slapped if we don't get beaten. But you know, that's the point. Why would you be a fan of you? It's like every year, it's going to be a year when we had won the league in twenty odd years. Because why wouldn't you? What's the point? Do you know what I mean? There you go. Andy's the ultimate top red. He is. He is he fair is. play to him. Yeah. 
the ultimate top red, the toppest of the top reds. But anyway, look, I've keeping you for over an hour tonight, lads. Thanks everyone for joining in on the chat. Um, tomorrow night, Jamie will be doing the midweek fix. It will be a post game show. I don't know who's on with him. Uh, I think Riz might be on that, but I'm not too Sean sure is. who else. I think Sean is on as well. Is he? Yeah, so it could be Shawnee and Grizz. I don't think Gav is on. Jamie might get someone else in, but um, that'll be on. I'm not sure if Grizz then has a carnage this week, but then, Chris, you'll be back for our Friday forecast on Friday, yep. I'm assuming. Yeah, it's uh, Paul's making his debut with me presenting. Ah. Uh, Gav, Gav's coming on, just to shake things up. Keep an eye on you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I his heel turn two weeks ago. Uh, Conan's coming back on where he managed to piss off the whole chat with his favourite game, which was just an absolute <laughs> glorious show. Uh, I've tried not to laugh, but it was it was the best heel turn I've seen. Um, the only thing I want to... a heel turn. Oh, yeah. The only thing I want to give a quick shout to is um, Northern Ireland women uh, have actually just qualified for the Women's Euros for the first time ever with um, Liverpool's vice-captain, Rachel Furness, uh, playing in both games. So There you go. Bit of big up for the Northern Irish ladies or women's team these days. Um, Chris, you keep your finger on the pulse of the, the women's <laughs> football, don't you? Uh, how are Liverpool ladies doing these days? Uh, they are sadly fourth in the championship, so they aren't going up this year. Uh, Leicester went up, rightly so. They were the best team on it. Um, we are currently waiting to find out when we're getting a new manager. Uh, Vicky left by mutual consent uh, about six weeks ago. Yeah. Um, so... I don't think we're going to have a new manager now until the beginning of the season. Uh, but uh, Amber Whiteley, who's been our uh, caretaker manager, has just just one manager of the month. She's, um, she's had a good run of games, Chris, hasn't she? Yeah, four, yeah. four wins or so, was it? So, four wins, two draws. She's yeah, undefeated yeah. in six. And they've got Leicester in the FA Cup this weekend. And if they beat Leicester, they play the winner of Burnley v Man U. So probably in Man United. And, and Keith, our young Irish lady, uh, currently in as a captain at the moment. I think I read earlier on today, so... Nifahi, she's brilliant. Yeah, for us. yeah she's a good player, ex Arsenal player, but uh, she's an Irish international currently as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she's class. She's really good. She took over from Sophie, who um, sadly uh, gave up uh, playing this year uh, because she also works in a care home, runs oh, a care home. Oh, so, so she decided to um, so not to risk the, the residents to care home. She doesn't work. She uh, decided not to play football this season and look after people in the care home. And she has recently just had a, a second child. So. There, there is good news. There is some good there news coming go. out. There is good some good news, news coming, coming out. out of Liverpool. Yeah, there you go. It's not all doom and gloom this season. There you go. Um, there's all the gossip. There's all the gossip for you. I hope it's not the end of the good news. I hope we we'll be on tomorrow night in the chat supporting another great European night at Anfield in front of zero people. So it's up to Paul and all to get down there and make some noise outside. Um, <laughs> but look. As I said, the lads will be back on tomorrow. Hopefully, there'll be something positive to talk about. It would be nice to to mm. have a you know a giddy show with loads of giggles and loads of. I can't believe we've beaten Real Madrid four 0 <laughs> Here's hoping. Here's hoping. This has been the match build up show, and we'll talk to you all again soon. So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us with whole fruits and organic veggies plus type 2 collagen. Make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie in tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? 
It's uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Sports Social Podcast Network.